Hey, everybody. If you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to take it out with me and turn to Numbers chapter 26. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'm going to be reading everything out loud so you'll hear all the texts as I read them. But Numbers chapter 26, if you do have your Bibles, and I think it'll be beneficial to look at it together in our own copies, all right? Now, before we get into our text, I need to tell you the the story of how this sermon came to be, because this is extremely important to what we're talking about. In late 2019, after, if you remember, we're getting done with the book of 1 John that I preached through in 2019, I started to pray and to think about what are we going to do next? What book are we going to go through next? And I had Uh, a a pretty strong feeling that it needed to be an Old Testament book, but I didn't know which one and started to pray about it. I started to talk to my wife about it. And then I I felt a strong pull to the book of Numbers. And at that point, I didn't know if that was me or if that was the Lord. You know, but I felt this strong pull toward the book of Numbers. And so as I kind of settled on that, and that was 2019, January 2020 rolls around, And I I need to start planning out the sermon series for Numbers, okay? So in January, I sat down prayerfully and planned out every single sermon for every single week of this series on Numbers. And so back in January of this year, before any of us ever knew what COVID-19 was, we already had set every sermon all the way up through today and even even next week, which will be the last one in the series of Numbers, okay? We had this all set in January of this year, before any of us knew what COVID-19 was. Now, back then, May 24th was a random Sunday, right? It was just another Sunday in the the church calendar. Yeah, it was Memorial Day weekend, but that's all we knew, right? We didn't know back then that would be the first time we were coming back together after nine weeks of not being able to gather. But we knew five months ago that today's sermon would be about God's faithfulness. That today's sermon would be about God seeing his people through the wandering of the wilderness. We knew five months ago that today's sermon would be about God bringing them back to the brink of the promised land. And so today, after nine weeks of being unable to gather on the Lord's Day, today, our first Sunday back, it's no coincidence at all that we are here at this exact point in the book of Numbers. It is no coincidence at all. The Lord knew exactly what he was doing. Brothers and sisters, God's hand in this could not be clearer. God's hand in this could not be clearer. But it's not just today that we've seen God's hand. We've seen God's hand throughout this whole entire series on the book of Numbers, have we not? I mean, think about the things that we have heard in these past few weeks and months. Think about it. God's word to us during this pandemic have come to us from a book that's all about being in the wilderness. That's been God's word to us during this pandemic. From a book that's all about being in the wilderness. During these last nine weeks in the book of Numbers, we've seen, from God's word, quarantines. We've seen plagues, from God's word. We've seen a lack of the necessities of life. We've seen family drama just in the last nine weeks, from God's word. Right? This is no coincidence. Do you think the Lord knows what his people need when they need it? Of course he does. Of course he does. 
And I've always said that. Right? I've always said that I'm going to preach through books of the Bible because the Lord knows what his people need and when they need it. I've always said that, but now I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. Over the last few months, I've seen God do what I always said I, I thought he would do. He has given his people what they need from his word when they needed it. And so, let's start with that. I invite you to praise the Lord with me and to thank the Lord with me this morning because of His faithfulness to us through all of this. Because He has given to us exactly what we needed from His Word in what many think is this random, off-the-beaten-path Old Testament book that we hardly ever look at. And it's been exactly what we've needed because God knows what His people need and when they need it. And so let's turn to our text, Numbers chapter 26. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first couple verses of chapter 26, and then I'm going to jump all the way to the very end of chapter 26, okay? So follow along with me if you've got a copy. Numbers 26, starting in verse 1. It says, After the plague, this is that plague from last week's story, After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and to Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, Take a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel, from 20 years old and upward, by their fathers' houses, all in Israel who are able to go to war. Now jump all the way to verse 63. Verse 63. In between these verses, there's tons of numbering, hence the, the name of the book we're reading. There's tons of numbering of all the fighting men in Israel, but verse 63 says, These were those listed by Moses and Eleazar the priest, who listed the people of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. But among these, there was not one of those listed by Moses and Aaron the priest, who had listed the people of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, they shall die in the wilderness. Not one of them was left, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And so from this chapter, I want you to see three things this morning. We're going to go over them in turn. Number one, God was faithful to the Israelites in their wondering. God was faithful to the Israelites in their wondering. Number two, we'll see that God was faithful to his own promises. God was faithful to his own promises or his own word. And number three, we'll see God will be faithful to his children unto the end. God will be faithful to his children unto the end. So first, God was faithful to the Israelites in their wondering. Now, give you a little context here. The book of Numbers is all about that wandering in the wilderness. The book of Numbers actually started out with a census. We just read about this. Started out with a census in the wilderness at Mount Sinai. And then God gets the people ready to go to the promised land. But in chapters 13 and 14, if you remember, they're up on the brink of the promised land. God wants them to take it. He's going to give the enemies into their hands, but they won't believe him. They won't trust God. And so they rebel against the Lord. And God sentences them to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, saying, every single one of you, from 20 years old and upward, are going to die in the wilderness because of your unfaithfulness toward me, except for two that believed, Joshua and Caleb. Now, if you go on and read past the book of Numbers, you see Deuteronomy 
is actually just the people getting ready to go into the promised land. The whole book of Deuteronomy is actually Moses' farewell address to the Israelites because he is about to die. And they're about to go over the Jordan River and into the promised land with Joshua as their new leader. And so they actually don't take possession of the land until the book of Joshua. But let me read you two verses from the book of Deuteronomy. Just listen to these. You don't have to turn here, but listen to them. Listen to what God says to the Israelites. Deuteronomy 8.4 Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Or Deuteronomy 29.5 I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn off your feet. Now think about this. No doubt the Israelites are there at the Jordan River, ready to cross, and God tells them this, and they haven't even thought about it. No doubt most of them have not even thought about the fact that my clothing should have worn out, my sandals should have worn out, my feet should have swelled up with all the walking. None of that happened. Why? Because God was sustaining them throughout those 40 years. Even as he was putting some of them to death, he was sustaining the entire group of Israel as they wandered for 40 years. How many ways has God been faithful to you without you even noticing? We're all like this. We're all human. We're prone to do this. How many ways has God been faithful to us and we haven't even thought about it? If God lets us in on everything He has done for us at Judgment Day or in heaven, what what rejoicing would there be if we could see all the things the Lord has done for us that we have not even seen or thought about, or taken notice of. And it's not just he's been faithful to them in that way. They are still a formidable army after losing an entire generation in the wilderness. You see, in the first census, if you remember all the way back to that first census sermon that we did, the people, the fighting men, numbered 603,000 plus. That's how many fighting men they had. 603,000 plus. But look at verse 51. In this chapter, verse 51, it says, this is the second census, this was the list of the people of Israel, 601,730. It's almost exactly the same. Even after all the bodies left in the wilderness, they are still just as formidable an army as they were before they started out from Mount Sinai. God has been faithful to them. God has led them. He has fed them. He's disciplined them, he's forgiven them, and he has taught them. And he's doing the same for you today. He's doing the same for you today. Give him praise and thanks today because he is leading you. He is feeding you. He's loving you enough to discipline you. He's forgiving you. And he's teaching you. Give him praise, give him thanks today for how faithful he has been. But not only was he faithful to the Israelites and their wandering, he was faithful to his promises. Right? Did you notice verses 64 and 65 here in chapter 26? In 64 it says, But among these, among all those counted in the second census, among these there was not one of those listed by Moses and Aaron the priest who had listed the people in the first sentence. The first sentence, census. Verse 65, For the Lord had said of them, they shall die in the wilderness. Not one of them was left, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. The Lord did exactly what he said he was going to do. Forty years ago, from this point, he promised them 
Not one of them would make it except for Joshua and Caleb. And now 40 years later, it's exactly as the Lord proclaimed. God does exactly what he says he is going to do. He was faithful to that promise. Here we see he is actually being faithful to the promise he gave to Abraham years and years and years and years ago. Remember Abraham in the book of Genesis. God brings him into the land of Canaan. And God says, Abraham, I'm going to give this land that you stand on to your descendants after you for all time. I'm going to give you this land. And now they're on the brink. God is fulfilling his promise. God is being true to his word. He is being faithful to his own promises. You see, God never fails to follow through on his word. God never fails to follow through on his word. And if you are in Christ today, he will follow through on his word to you. If you're a Christian today, God will follow through on every word he has given to you. Words like, I will never leave you or forsake you. God said that to us in his word, and he will follow through on it. God has told us in his word, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He tells us that in his word. It's a promise. And if it's a promise from God, it can't not happen. And he has told us in his word, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. God will not fail to be faithful to his promises. The ultimate promise that God has been faithful to is his promise of a Savior I want you to think back even further to the very beginning of all things, the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve messed up everything by listening to the serpent. And God addresses Adam and Eve and the serpent for their responsibility in messing up everything. He addresses them in Genesis chapter 3. We call this the fall, where mankind fell from God's graces because of sin. And God looks at the serpent in Genesis 3.15, and he says this. He says to Satan, to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He, her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What's it saying there in Genesis 3.15? It's the promise of Christ. It's the promise of Jesus. God is saying, you guys messed this up. But I'm going to fix it. One day there will come a man from heaven that will defeat Satan for all time. In fact, he will give Satan a mortal blow. Satan will give him a wound, yes, but it won't be a mortal wound. But he will give Satan a wound that in the end will destroy him for all time and render him powerless. Genesis 3.15 is often called the first gospel. Right? We've seen hints of Jesus, pointers to Jesus all over the book of Numbers, right? Throughout these past weeks and months, we've seen Jesus all over the Old Testament book of Numbers. And friends, you don't have to read three chapters in your Bible until you get to Jesus. He's right there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first announcement of the gospel. And so God has been faithful to his promises. But I want you to see finally this morning, God will be faithful to his children unto the end. God will be faithful to his children unto the end. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 6. And I am sure of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You see, God is showing you his faithfulness so that you will trust him. God is showing you his faithfulness so that you will trust him in the future. He's showing you right now, he's shown you the last few months, his faithfulness to the Israelites in their wondering. He's shown you in his word his faithfulness to his own promises. And he has been showing you, and he continues to show you today, his faithfulness to you through this season of life that we're in and through all the other things that you have been through in your life. God has shown you his faithfulness. He continues to show you his faithfulness. Why? So that when suffering and trials come later, you'll trust him. Because you've seen it. You've experienced it. There's a song that we often sing at church, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus," and it's got a line that says, "'Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er." You know what that means? It doesn't mean I'm the one who proves that God is faithful. That's not what that means. It means through my experiences, over and over, God has proven himself faithful in my life. He's proven that to me over and over so that the next time suffering or trial comes, the next time Satan comes beating down my door, the next time the world wants me to give up my faith and my trust in Jesus, I'm sorry, it's not happening because I've seen his faithfulness over and over and over. Nothing can get me to give up my faith in Christ because he's proven himself to me over and over. He is faithful to his children unto the end. God has seen us through this wilderness season. We're here today. God has seen us through this crazy, odd, unprecedented in our lifetimes wilderness season. And God will see us through the wilderness of life here on earth. Remember, as we read through the Old Testament, we're supposed to see ourselves in the Israelites, right? We're supposed to see ourselves in the Israelites. We look at them and we see us. Well, they were wandering through a land that was not their home. They were wandering through a land that was not their home for 40 years. 40 years is such a biblical number if you study it in the Bible. It's symbolic of an entire period of time, not always just 40, but all kinds of fullness of time is symbolic when you see the, the, the number 40 in the, the Bible. But remember, they were wandering through a land for 40 years that was not their home. And for us, this world is not our home. We are passing through a country that is not our own. And so the Hebrew writer, the writer of the Hebrews, tells us in chapter 11 of that book of Hebrews, Chapter 11, that great chapter of all the heroes of faith. It says in chapter 11, verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared them for a city. See, if, if you keep reading through Deuteronomy and Joshua, you'll see God sees them across the Jordan River and eventually settles them into the promised land. And so it is now. 
When your time is up, if you are in Christ, God will see you across the Jordan and into the promised land. If you are in Christ, you can have peace knowing that just as he did the Israelites, when your time comes, he will see you across the Jordan and into the promised land. But friends, that promise is for those who are in Christ. That promise is those, for those who have given their lives to Jesus, who have relinquished control of their own life and now serve a new master, a new Lord. It is for those who have put their faith in Him, repented of their sins, and been baptized into His name. And so I extend that peace to those of you who know that you are in Christ. And for those of you who are not, I ask, do you want that peace? I plead with you to have that peace before it is too late, before all your peace is taken away. Do not wait until the end of this social distancing season to come to Christ. Do it while you still can. Do it while there is time. The Lord has been patient with us. Jesus has not yet returned. But one day, all of that will run out. And there will be no more second chances. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much and we rejoice at your faithfulness, especially because we are here now with one another today. God, help us not to take this for granted. I took it for granted, the ability that we had to meet together for so long, and God, now we, hopefully we are appreciating it anew. Thank you so much for bringing us back together. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, and thank you most of all for Christ. You have demonstrated your love and your faithfulness in bringing Jesus and sending him to die on the cross for our sins. And we cannot thank you enough for that. God, I pray that as we go from this place today, that every single one of us would either feel a deep assurance of our place in Christ as your children or a deep disturbance and uneasiness that we are not yet safe in Christ. God, thank you for your good word to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask these things. Amen.